Hey, Nisma. Hey, Jen. What are you listening to this week? Welcome to season three of What Are You Listening To? The weekly podcast created to foster community through music by sharing the stories behind the songs that soundtrack our lives. Some of the songs are old, some new, all good. I'm Jen Tully, and this week I'm joined by Nisma Osman. Nisma is a songwriter and music producer. She's written songs for Love is Blind, Temptation Island, and Dancing with the Stars, just to name a few. Her mission is to help aspiring creatives escape the burnout that comes from pursuing overcrowded traditional promotional strategies that eat away at inspiration and passion. By sharing her combined knowledge of music licensing, songwriting, and business, she hopes to help other talented musicians build satisfying careers instead of burning out and quitting too early. This week, Nisma and I are going to get to know each other through four songs that get us every time. Two are her picks and two are mine. For the best listening experience, I recommend tuning into the show on Spotify. There you can hear the show with the songs we discuss incorporated. You can also find the show on Apple, Amazon Music, or wherever you stream. But if you aren't listening on Spotify, be sure to give the playlist a listen and then tune into our conversation. With that, let's get started. Nisma, what are you listening to this week? Hey, Jen. I'm so excited to be here. I'm always listening to a lot, but today we're going to talk about... <laughs> I had to pick two, so let's let's get into it. Yes, let's. It's, that's always the hardest part of doing the show, right? Is picking just two songs. <laughs> it's impo- It felt impossible, and but, you know, I decided not to overthink it and just kind of pick two that... The logic I used was, I wish I wrote these songs. Okay, so. okay. I get it. Yep. So tell me about your first pick. What is it? Yeah, so we're going to talk about Landslide by the infamous, amazing Fleetwood Mac. Oh, I mean, it really, like, it doesn't get any better than Fleetwood Mac for me. I could do, you know, you and I spoke about this before we started recording. Your two picks and your artists, actually, probably all four artists that that we're bringing to the show today, I could do a whole, like, episode about at least and Fleetwood Mac is one I feel like I could do a whole season about like I feel like they're all of their music has been so important in my life for various reasons so it just feels like you know this song is such a rich amazing beautiful song like tell me how this song came into your life when it first became important to you and why you love it and what 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 about it makes you wish you wrote it yeah. Oh man. I, you know, I don't remember the first time I heard it, but I, every time I listen to it, I feel grateful that it comes on and yeah. I, I, it's kind of weird to say it that way, but I, I almost feel like it's a, like all great songs, a window into someone's deep truth and pain in life. And I think that, you know, for the times, you know, when it, I, I I can't exactly remember the decades that Fleetwood Mac reigned. I think it was the 60s and 70s. But, yeah. you know, life was different back then. And and I think it was more daring to be honest in music, especially uh, when you were a woman and and, you know, in a band with people that, you know, were not your gender or perhaps you were dating or, you know, 
doing other things with. Uh, so it was just, I think when I listen to this song, I feel like I get to access um, a really like a small microcosm of safety to feel mm -hmm. the pain of what the song is about, which to me, it's, it's about kind of loss and getting your head around loss and figuring out how to move on and, and almost being forced to move on from life. Uh, so yeah, it's just so many layers. So many. And I feel like that's some of like the magic of Stevie Nicks too, yeah. you know, and, and like you said, you know, this album was released in 1975 and I always point things like this out because I think a lot of people don't know this was Fleetwood Mac's 10th studio album, wow, but yeah. it was the first album with Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks. Okay. Right. So like, yes, I think there's a total, there's a place for like the Peter Green Fleetwood Mac and like the early days of Fleetwood Mac. But for me, Fleetwood Mac, and we'll talk later when we get into some of the guitar players that um, that we picked in later songs. Like, yes, you cannot argue with Peter Green. I'm I'm definitely not dissing him. I'm just saying for me, yeah. Fleetwood Mac really begins with this album. Like Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks are what make the magic that is Fleetwood Mac for me. Yeah. And so... I love this album for that reason. This is sort of what introduced the world. And then, you know, you had Stevie Nicks so tied to Lindsey Buckingham in so many ways, you know, yeah. even like their their first iteration was a band called Buckingham Nicks that didn't yeah. go very far. Everybody knows the story, you know, that they got sucked into Fleetwood Mac and the rest is history. Um, yeah. Well, I guess, I guess the rest is history uh, and then the Rumors album, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> But um, I just feel like this one, this particular album, this particular song is this was like an introduction to like, I'm Stevie Nicks. Like, yes, yeah. Lindsey Buckingham is a part of my history. He's a part of who I am. But look at what I can do. Yeah. You know, like, so it feels like even though it's so sad, it's still to me is that song about breaking away mm -hmm. and being your own person and how scary that realization is. You know, I, yeah. I, I think that the song has always reminded me of my dad. And mm. uh, probably that has a lot to do with that live version. I think it came out from maybe an episode of Storytellers where she says, you know, this one's for you, daddy, before she sings it. Oh. But I think so many of those themes, you know, like time makes you bolder, even children yeah. get older. You know, it's like, it is scary to break away from your partner or your parents or, you know, a sibling or your family, like just anybody where you start to think like, huh, I think I see things a little bit differently than this person. And I yeah. don't know if that's going to help us grow in the right direction or if that's going to force us to go grow apart. Right. Yeah. And that's always been such a unique thing about this song to me, like the imagery of that feeling being represented by a landslide or, yeah. you know, the, the lyric of, you know, time makes you bolder, even children get older. Like all of those things to me are like that sort of breaking away when you realize that not everything that you grew up with or everything that the people you love think is exactly what you think too. And that's okay. It's scary, yeah. but it's okay. Well, I love, I mean, and you, you mentioned the imagery of the landslide, and I think it's a really powerful way to, that, that they choose to describe how it feels to go through that process of loss in life. Yeah. Because it feels like everything is tumbling down around you. And really the essence of that is that you don't really have any control almost, it feels like. And that's really what a landslide is, right? It's just, you, you kind of have to let it happen and hope for the best. Um, yeah. And I, and I, and I think it's so powerful because one of the things I love 
about the process of songwriting and something that I learned um, way back when I went to like a songwriting retreat in Nashville years ago uh, was that really songwriting isn't about saying something new. It's about saying things that have already been said, but in a new way. And yeah. I think using those really strong, powerful concepts like a landslide, it, it it's such a beautiful and powerful way to drive home the point. And I think it's so cleverly and uniquely done that it's not so in your face, but it's also obvious. And that's what mm -hmm. I think she captures that really, really well in that that concept and that imagery of a landslide. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, the the um, the feeling that this song is going to hit differently at different points in your life, right? Yeah. That's what I love, too, about, like you're saying, like the landslide imagery. It's something that everybody knows. It seems simple, but there are so many layers depending on what vantage point you're taking with this song. Yeah. So I agree. Just completely, just almost a perfect song, in my opinion. Like, I, I this is a favorite. I love many, many Fleetwood Mac songs, but this one is, it will always be a standout and one close to my heart, but yeah, and not to, Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Say, not, not to mention the fact that it's so simple, you know, it's, yeah. it's basically underscored by a simple repeating guitar part. There's no fancy production. There's no gimmicks. And that speaks to the strength of the song, in my opinion. You know, I'm a big believer yeah. that production cannot save a poorly written song uh, and, you know, that a good song should be able to stand on its own. And I think that that's perfectly demonstrated in this track. Agreed. I totally agree. And I also think that your second pick is a pretty solid example of some yes. of that as well. So Absolutely. tell me what your second song was. So that's You're Gonna Live Forever in Me by the legendary uh, oft-hated John Mayer. <laughs> Yeah, we talked about, I'm glad you said that because we talked about this before we went recording and it's like, I'm really interested to get into this with you, especially knowing that I know that you're a graduate of Berkeley and I think John Mayer only attended for maybe a couple semesters. Yeah. Um, but I'm really like, I love John Mayer and could again, do probably more than an episode. I probably do a whole season on John Mayer oh, yeah. too, I would say. And, um, he's one of those artists though, that I kind of like whisper that I like, mm -hmm. you know, like I don't, I'm never like out and like real loud about my John Mayer. I remember when the Sob Rock album came out, um, this most recent album, and I loved all of like the 80s imagery that yeah. he was using for the album. And I was like super tempted after I saw him live last time to get a shirt. And then I'm like, but but then I can only wear it at home because right. then people will know I like to. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, why, why is this? I'm curious is like, again, because I know you, you went to a very prestigious music school. He attended there for a bit. Like, why do you think that is like, we'll get into this song. We'll get into his music and why you and I both think he's genius. But why do you think widely he is one of those artists that you have to kind of like, Ooh, like I like him. Is it because he's like, super foxy and so like the dudes discredit him because the ladies are like ah John Mayer or like I, I don't know I can't get my head around why and he's such a badass guitarist yeah, yeah. And if you listen to John Mayer trio like he can play jazz he can he's doing all the dead and company stuff I'm like why isn't he like yeah. the male Taylor Swift right like <laughs> yeah I know I mean I've thought about this too and I have yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I sometimes feel like when I say that I like John Mayer, I kind of have to like 
wince a little bit, just, you know, but I think, I really do think that it's because, and to his complete fault, he is kind of openly a jackass and he's kind of a womanizer. (laughs) And I think that it's just, people don't like that, but I also, he's undeniably incredible at everything he does that I think people hate him even more because it, it almost is like, well, you can't be both. You can't be amazing and an awful, you know, person. And not, th- I'm not saying he's an awful person. I don't know the guy, but just right. from what I've heard and, and seen, you know, there's enough evidence out there that, you know, t- to speak to him being not the most personable, you know, human being on the planet. Um, but coupled with the fact that he's also incredible, I think that it just makes him more, hateable by the wrong people so but yeah I mean I think he's a lyrical and musical and guitar genius I really do I agree and you know this album is one of my favorites this is off of um, the album The Search for Everything from 2017 also known as the Katy Perry breakup album right (laughs) but like Emoji of a Wave Love on the Weekend like these are both songs that I love love Mm -hmm. love and you know, I think lyrically, this particular song, though, is so strong. Like, yeah. from the opening line, it hooks you in. Like, this is mm-hmm. when you talk about lyrics you wish you'd written. I'm like, yep. a great big bang and dinosaurs, fiery raining meteors. Yeah. It all ends, unfortunately. And you're yeah. just like, oh, man. Like, And it's like you said, like, we all know about Big Bang Theory and the dinosaurs and the meteors. But the way just turning a phrase like that, I say this a lot, like just it's just it's magic. It's what mm-hmm. gets me so hyped up about music. It's why I could talk to someone like you for days about yeah. even just that opening line and how brilliant you have to be to be that succinct and that um like it's not a sophisticated rhyming scheme, but it's different. Like yeah. I've never rhymed like, you know, I just think that dinosaur and meteor, you know, like yeah. it's just, I just mm-hmm. think it's so, again, speaks to kind of the genius of the way he's able to take those really common experiences and spin them out in a way that makes you feel like, yes, that's how I've been trying to think about the situation. He did it. He said yeah. it for me. And one of the things that I love about this song that I think makes it really special is it almost feels like both in the production, in the chords and the harmony he chooses and in the lyrics, it almost feels like a little bit of a movie soundtrack. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of that, the music from Up, actually, that like really sweet, somber piano. And I would not say, I would not ever dare say that that was unintentional. Because in the song, he is really describing, uh, you know, kind of like this, the scene playing out, uh, you know, it's kind of like that montage scene that you mm-hmm. would it, it, it think of when you, when you listen to the, the lyrics or watch a movie of a, you know, a couple kind of, kind of breaking up or going through the, you know, the, the memories of their time together. And I think that it, it only adds to the power of what he's trying to say. And again, just like in Landslide, it's super simple. It's just a piano. And I can't remember if there's maybe some light strings, but it's really simple. And in the story really speaks for itself. And the, and just the concept of someone living forever in you is, I think we don't talk about that enough, especially in our 
sort of cancel culture, um, you know, where we're expected to kind of pretend like entire relationships or people never happened and move on with life when really people do impact us. They do change us forever, you know, and acknowledging that and learning to expand with that rather than trying to, you know, pretend it doesn't exist is really freeing and and really healing. And I, I just love that he dares to kind of even claim that so boldly. I, you're like speaking my language right now. Like, this is so like, again, this is like what like makes me wake up in the morning and like live for music, right? Yeah. Conversations like this, because you're right. You cannot like any relationship you've ever had, good or bad mm-hmm. is with you forever. It just is. Yeah. Whether you want to acknowledge it or not, whether it was a happy memory or a sad one, they're all there. And I'm yep. so with you. Like the sooner we learn to kind of hug all of those relationships instead of like, you know, be afraid of them or ashamed of them or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's when like, the real growth and the real magic seems to happen that lead you to better circumstances, I think. Yeah. And, you know, I think one of the the lines in the song that encompasses that so beautifully for me, and this is, I think about this line all the time. I will sometimes fall asleep thinking about it because it's, it's one of those that's like embedded in my brain forever. And it's the line where he says, um, life is full of sweet mistakes yeah. and loves an honest one to make. Like, oh, yeah. oh it makes me almost it's cry so, just I reading know. it. Like, it's just... You. Like you, it really is true. Like sometimes the things that hurt us the most are the things that give us the biggest gifts in the end, you know? Yeah. So this one, I, I, we warned people up front that this was the episode about (laughs) songs that get us every time. So if I'm bawling again, (laughs) that's why. (laughs) Let it out. It's, that's what it's for. It's what music's for. Yeah, just the processing. And again, I think that, you know, there are so many of his songs that I that I could go down that path with, you know, whether it's Slow Dancing in a Burning Room yeah. or another favorite, a song that I think is so underrated and so genius is uh, Walt Grace's Submarine Test, January 1967. I think that's a genius song that nobody wow. knows. <laughs> yeah, I haven't even heard of that. I'm going to listen to it. Go look off. for it. Go <laughs> yeah. look for it. It is, uh, I think it's on the born and raised album, um, which not a favorite of mine. Um, but that song, like just, it'll it, listen to it. And then we'll have a whole other conversation yeah. just about that song. It's so deep. It has a cliffhanger ending if you will like it's just beautiful okay um i think new light is great his version of free falling i rarely love a cover more than the original but that's one like every time that conversation comes up i'm like well yeah the the only time i could say that it's like a neck and neck race for me is is john mayer's version of free falling i think it captures the essence of it better than i think the original yeah so good yeah. So good. Well, as we as we transition out of our love for John Mayer, I'm going to lead us into my first pick, um, which was another band, a song by another band that I love that doesn't pop up on the show as often as I would expect, given, you know, how much airtime these guys have had in my ears. Um, but my first pick is a song called Wiser Time by the Black Crows. So this is a song that if you're not familiar with this album, it's off the Amorica album from 1994. Like, go listen to this album right away if you've not heard it, listeners. Like, it is. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, it's such a good, 
like solid album from beginning to end. And, you know, I discovered the Black Crows when I was in high school. That's when the the full length um, Shake Your Money Maker album came out and it had Hard to Handle, which was kind of their big first hit on it. Um, and then they had an um, album in the middle um, called Southern Harmony and Musical Companion, which was good. Um, but then Amorica came out in 94. And by that time I was in college. And I mean, this this album just kind of soundtracked that time period for me. Yeah. Um, and so I loved it. And then I kind of put it away, you know, like mm. you do with an album. You listen, you listen, you listen. It delivers kind of what you need. And then you move on and life happens. And then yeah. this song and this album found me again. When my mom was sick, um, near the end of her life, she was in a um, like a rehab hospital up in Dallas. I live in Austin, Texas, so I was making that drive back and forth to Austin and Dallas a lot. And this song just came and saved me like mm. more times than I care to admit. You know, like just on wow. that drive, taking these lyrics in and hearing them differently. Like it, they yeah. they sounded a whole lot different when I was, you know, partying in college than when I was making this drive back and forth, knowing that, you know, my days were probably numbered with my mom. Like yeah. it, it just really like it changed the song for me. And I think that speaks to like the brilliance of a song too, yeah. that I say this a lot on the show, like songs that can hold that much. Like mm -hmm. as a creator, I'm, I have to ask you like, I think that must be such a huge responsibility, but such an amazing feeling of pride when you create a song that can hold all of these feelings for someone, you know, it can be a song that's playing in the background when you're at a party, you know, in college, and it can yeah. be a song that gets you through, you know, one of the major life stages of losing a parent. Like, I mean, yeah. I just feel like that's got to feel like such an amazing accomplishment. Tell me, tell me what you think about that. If you're familiar with this song, like jump I, in here. So I'll answer your questions in reverse. So I had never heard the song before you shared it with me. Okay. And to be honest, I never really, I haven't listened to the Black Crows that much. And, and I want to ask you more about your experience with this song, but I'll answer your first question now. So yes, it's a huge responsibility, but other than that, or, or, beyond that it's a huge gift and a privilege um and it's i think what makes the difference between songs that are just kind of songs and then songs that have a lasting impact and and i think what it is is a songwriter's willingness to be truly honest mm -hmm. and that requires an honesty with themselves because i think these days you like songwriting is so a lot of it is so um systematic and mm -hmm. so you know especially in the pop world and you know even in the rock and and hip-hop world everything is so you know you're writing songs in like 30 minutes and with 12 people and you're just getting the best most clever lines and and that's great and there's value in that and i write like that sometimes and it's i'm not judging that process but i think the natural consequence of that is that those songs have a very short shelf life because they don't resonate with the deep human experience mm. like unlike songs like this one and the, the others that we've discussed which come from a true place of 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 the writer's deepest vulnerability um, because I think those lessons are really not to get woo woo but they're really energetic and the yep. words are just kind of details. 
And that's why I think you can experience them differently as you go through life because the energy is the same and then the words resonate differently based on the context you're in. So yes, I, to answer your question, yes. And then I went off on a, a tangent, but I love uh, it though. I the, love it's it. It's the best part of writing songs because you can really tap into that human experience. Yeah. And this one too, you know, I think I, I love the guitar. I, I love the lyrics. I love the arrangement of this song. And, you know, just like the last song sort of choked me up this one, like, you know, I, I love the sort of the, the line that the, that the title of the song is pulled from where he says 14 seconds till sunrise yeah. tired, but wiser for the time. Mm. Um, I love that. But then that build up to the chorus of the song, like that's the part that gets me every freaking time, you know, and then you build to this beautiful crescendo of yeah. on a good day. It's not every day we can part the sea and on yeah. a bad day, I know it ain't every day glory beyond our reach. I'm just yeah. like, ooh, like knocking me over with some really like hard hitting lyrics again yeah. that just like, like stop me in my tracks every yeah. time. And again, this is a song that I've heard at least a hundred times. Yeah. And the fact that I still like tear up, that's, it seems like magic to me. Yeah. Like that's why I'm so enamored with, you know, singer songwriters, especially like, it just feels like you have some sort of like magic in your pocket. If you can pull out something that moves people this way. And yeah. I just am so grateful that people have that gift, you know, yeah. that people have that talent and they're willing to be vulnerable and share it because it's, it's made a huge difference in my life. There's no other way to say it. Yeah. It just, it has. Um, well, and then, you know, as we, this was an interesting thought too, that we'll, we'll hop here before we, we pop onto the last track, but this is something that was interesting to me that I noticed, and I'm curious to get your take. Um, so surprisingly or not, both of my picks this week have kind of an undeniable like country or Southern rock mm. feel. Um, and I'm curious because like they're so personal to me and I'm trying to articulate this in a way that makes sense, but you know how um, people that are bilingual or people that speak two languages, like often when they're speaking about something that's very personal or they're talking about money, they'll do it in their native tongue, right? Mm, like they'll, yeah. they'll speak in, I live in Texas, you know, there are a lot of bilingual folks that speak English and Spanish and, you know, they'll be speaking English and then you talk about money and they're switching to Spanish, right? Mm. Like, because that's first language. And so I feel like maybe that's why these songs like are so like sound so Southern because that's where I'm from. Mm. And these are like my first language, right? Yeah. Like it's so, like the, I feel like the principles the same, like mm. these songs, it, it makes sense that they sound like where I'm from because yeah. they speak to me at such a, like a base level. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I just like that point just came across as I was listening and I was thinking like, huh, that's interesting. I wonder if these two things kind of like operate on the same plane, you know? That, oh yeah, definitely. Cause I don't typically like, you know, pop on, like I, you know, anybody that listens to the show knows that if I'm talking about country music, I'm talking about like old, 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 I have yeah. a zero need for like a lot of the new country music that's out. It just, yep. it sounds kind of like crappy pop to me a lot of times. It is, it is pop with guitar twang in the background. Right. So like, it's not like I'm like steeped in that. Um, but it was just funny to me when I, when I resonate or when I looked back on these two picks, I was like, huh, like these two are definitely like, yeah. 
like look like a person from Texas picked them, you know, which is funny because that's just not been um, not it wasn't something that I consciously thought about. But yeah. again, just being so personal, I think that they reflect where you personally come from. But yeah, anyway. absolutely. I love that. I love that. Well, my second pick and to round out the, and, and finish out our playlist today is a song that I love from 2018, um, a song called Space Cowboy by Casey Musgraves. Now, Casey Musgraves is another one that like I, you know, I've listened to her other albums um, and I think she's great. But really, this is this is the only one like if people are talking to me about Casey Musgraves, I really have to kind of piece out other than this Golden Hour album. Mm -hmm. um, and this Golden Hour album for me is a no skip album. I'll listen to every song in order over and over again. Um, I just think that it's so, again, well-written. I think her voice is so beautiful. I think she does a great job at, like we've been you know, saying, articulating those feelings that are so universal, but sometimes so hard to put into words. Yep. Um, and this song really captures a lot of that for me. Yeah. Um, were you familiar with this one? Had you heard yes, this song? Yes. And I love this entire album and I don't consider myself primarily a country music fan yeah. um but this album really i i had to kind of tip my hat because and i had heard that she got a lot of flack from the country community basically people yeah. saying this isn't country what are you doing and i was like you go girl you you write your story and you write honest songs and i think why this album is so powerful is because she dared to kind of get more honest because a lot, of, I think a lot of modern country is very, uh, what's the term? Uh, they use a lot of tr um, gimmicks in the writing and it takes yeah. away from the, the depth, you know, because they're trying to get charts, right? They're kind of trying to get charted and nobody's to blame, but I think she kind of was like, you know what? I went through a divorce and I want to write about it really honestly. And I think it really came through in that. Yeah, I think that she's, you know, and I think too, I'm such a child of like pop culture, you know, like mm -hmm. I grew up like music and movies and all of that was so prominent in my house. My parents are both big music fans. And so I've always grown up listening to it. And they, those early songs, especially were kind of how I envisioned myself, right? Mm -hmm. Like it, like they taught me how to be in a relationship. They taught me how to be a friend and a daughter and, you know, the kind of person that I wanted to present as when I walked into a room. And so I think that this one is just, it's so, it's so personal and resonates for the reason you just said, like she sort of dared to be vulnerable and mm -hmm. take this position of like, yes, I really love this person. And yes, I'm super dupes into them, but you know, it's, it, if it's a one-sided relationship, there's never going to be partnership there. Right. Yep. And it's one of those lessons. It's something I try and teach my daughter, you know, like yeah. if you can, and I think again, back to a lot of like traditional country, there's a lot of messages encouraging you to stand by your man and to stay yeah. true and faithful, no matter how yeah. like a drunken loser they are, you know, totally. and this one sort of takes it back and says, no, you can love this person, but you can also know that it's time to move on because they're just not ever going to meet you where you need them to meet you. Yeah. 
Um, and you know, this one, it was funny because the song came out in 2018 and it immediately summed up a relationship that I'd had when I lived in Los Angeles, a really early relationship, um, when I had first moved out to California and it, it always struck me that, you know, more than 20 years after that breakup, the mm -hmm. song like finally arrived that summed that up for me. Yeah. And I always think it's funny too, because when I first got to California and people knew that I was from Texas, everybody was always like, well, where's your hat? Where's your belt? Where's yeah. your? I'm like, I'm from Dallas. It's like the seventh <laughs> biggest city in the country. Yeah. Like, I'm, you know what I mean? It yeah. was always funny to me that people expected me to have a big accent or to be yeah. wearing a hat and boots. And so I love that she plays with like the cowboy thing yeah. here and the boots and the horse, you know? Um, and so that just like, it, again, this was one of those that kind of came out of the blue and, and summed up that relationship that lives in me forever that kind of was just waiting for a song to to kind of own it and let me put it away and this song delivered that for me it, it yeah. allowed me to kind of process that relationship in a way that made me feel proud for walking away rather than feeling like I was broken up with and I yeah. got left behind you know yeah. it made me grateful that I realized that this relationship was never going to meet me where I needed it to and as sad as it was to let that person go I had to yeah totally not to mention the what I think is an intentional play on words and I think you had mentioned this before we had we hopped on that space cowboy because the way mm -hmm. that she phrases it right it's so you can have your space comma cowboy but yeah. the title there's no space right yep space cowboy and to me that says like you're off in space cowboy you're a you're a space cowboy you know you're yep. you're not here on earth where i need you and uh i just think it's kind of really genius the way that she summed that all up yeah, I agree. And again, the, again, listeners, if you've not taken the time to go through the Golden Hour album, listen from beginning to end. It was a real toss up for me, honestly, with this song and Love is a Wild Thing. Mm. That's another song that I think is just genius off of that album. Um, but but Space Cowboy, just that that one always kind of like takes the cake for me. Um, yeah. But Love is a Wild Thing is a really close second in terms of favorites on this album. And um and I love too that this, you know, we, we were able to focus some of my favorite ladies in rock, you know, yeah. like I, when I think about like sitting around a record player and listening to albums, like I can't think of anybody I'd rather do it with than like Casey Musgraves yeah. and Stevie Nicks and Christine McVie and you and me, yeah. like RIP Christine McVie. I wish that yeah. we could sit around a record player with her, but like that, like that, the five of us, can you imagine that would be like a rock and roll dream come true, like to be able to listen to albums. <laughs> with that crew yeah oh my god sign me oh, up. so good well oh my gosh I like I can't say it enough I've been thanking you since we first met but really Nisma this is the kind of conversation that I live to have so I'm so glad you were down I'm so glad you brought like amazing songs um this has been so fun for me yeah, and it's been you. a pleasure getting to know you through your songs yeah likewise Jen I I was it was an unexpected pleasure and I like I said, I can talk about music all day and I'm glad that I've 
connected with someone who won't get sick of it. <laughs> Never, ever, ever. And I'm also too, I'm anxious for listeners um, to check out some of your original music too, sure, because yeah. we did make a, we made a little um, off the record deal that yep. when one of your songs that was a particular fave of mine um, is ready to go out into the world, you'll let us uh, introduce it at least in part on the show. Sure. So I'm going to hold you to that. You got it. <laughs> you got it. I'll give you my word. Excellent. Well, listeners, if you'd like to learn more about Nisma and listen to some of her music, um, check out her website at nismaosman.com. And that's N-I-S-M-A-H-O-S-M-A-N.com backslash call, C-A-L-L. And as always, please be sure to follow, download, and share this show. If you love listening, drop us a review on Apple or Spotify. And last but not least, to stay informed on all things Super Awesome Mix and what are you listening to, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Super Awesome Mix. Thanks for listening, and please join me again next week to find your new favorite song. Bye.